inside me my only son listen closely to what I say if you do this it'll help you some sunny day All right, guys, just get some tweets pinned up here. If you wouldn't mind retweeting the space, we'll be grateful for that. Pulling up the speakers as we speak. It's Morning Mint, the Morning Mint show with Tolstoy. Good morning, make good sure morning. You guys are aware Tolstoy's here. He's my boy. We've been boys since October. So you guys remember Koopy, right? Well, he ended up passing away. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tolstoy is Koopy. People get asking questions like, who is this Tolstoy guy? Tolstoy is the same guy that's been here all along, co-host of the Morning Mint Show since day one. Uh, that's just his personal brand. So he's also one of the co-founders or maybe the main founder of Koopy, uh, Koopy Crypto. So um, anyway, we're totally excited to have you guys on board today. We've got a pretty thick lineup. We got High Roller Club. Uh, we got Top and uh, Jimmy representing Ute, so we'll be going into the Ute conversation. Uh, SC Poker Club, Soul City Poker Club, Tripping Gators, and then we oh man, I left the left them off by accident. But we also have um, are they up here yet? Uh, space uh, Space Cases here too. So I left them off the latest tweet by accident. Um, but they are one of the artists we want to kind of dig in with. Uh, as well. So guys, if you're in here like tripping and space, uh, space case, and you're not up top yet, make sure you're on your mobile app. There may be a situation where maybe you're on your laptop. So you got to be on a mobile app in order to speak on these things. But I'll send you guys the invite again. Uh, but Tolstoy, what's new? What's up? 
in your world? What, you, what have you been doing? Uh, good stuff, man. How, how you doing? Good morning. Good to be here. Today's lineup is stacked, isn't it? We've got um, we've got some great guests on here today. I can't wait to dive in and chat with everyone. Uh, but on my personal side, I've been you know I've I've been cooking up a few different things with a bunch of different projects, um, but nothing ready to talk about just yet out in public. Um, don't worry, I'll I'll start shilling within the next few weeks. Uh, but for today, I'm excited to chat with everyone here and um, see what everyone's been up to. Awesome. Uh, good morning, guys. As we'll, we kind of uh, get rolling here, we'll do the similar to old school agenda that we've been running with, which is basically intros. Give us a minute or two. Uh, we have been scheduling out time. I just ran out of time to schedule the actual breakouts. So what we'll do is we'll do what we've done for the past almost 10 months now. Over 900, probably 950 projects have been on since then. Um, we'll do intros. Give us a quick minute or two. I may cut you off if you keep rambling on, not to be offensive, but just kind of keep us moving. And then um, Tolstoy and I will, will go back uh, with each of you. And if you're in the room just hanging out, and you get disconnected, this show is recorded. So feel free to come back to it uh, in, in the minutes, hours, days ahead for 30 days. Uh, on top of that, if you've got questions, feel free to jump in when we're going deep with that respective person or that respective project. Um, but try to have that question tie in with whoever we're speaking to. We don't want to kind of be bouncing all around. It helps the show stay more organized. Uh, I do want to give a couple quick shout outs. So we are presented by Rifters. If you haven't checked out Rifters, they are a game uh, project that is being launched by Community 3. Actually, Community 1, which is their gaming um, company, that's a, a sister company, I should say, of Community 3, uh, basically putting DAOs versus DAOs, $100,000 in prizes. Uh, but they're pinned up top. Check out what they're doing. Uh, they're really trying to change the game when it comes to Web3 gaming, just gaming in general, and bringing communities into that space uh, and rethinking what the gaming experience looks like. So that's Rifters. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring the show. Dimensions is on as well uh, as one of our uh, core sponsors, the Mint of the Week. They are minting today, 6 p.m. Eastern, one soul, whitelist, one and a half, if you're just coming public. Uh, but definitely worth uh, digging in and checking out what they're doing. A P2E, Create, and Metaverse, thousands of assets, hundreds of worlds with some of the biggest names in Solana building um, in that Metaverse uh, experience. And if you look at the third pin tweet up top, you can check out their demo, start building and having some fun. Uh, then don't want to forget Cheddar Block Games. They actually launched Meta Crash, one of their games a couple weeks ago. They relaunched it this week, just took it off, fixed some of the glitches, and now it's back up and running. Uh, if you want to check that out, it's Meta Crash with uh, Cheddar Block Games. Cool. That was a mouthful. So let's start running. Um, let me see. Do we have all the core important people up here? So... All right, space is up here. Trippin' Gators are still not up. Just as a reminder, you got to be on your mobile app, and then we will pull you up here. Uh, but let's do intros. So if you look at the first tweet, and guys, if you haven't retweeted the space, please do that. Help us get more eyes and ears on what these people, friends, guys, and gals are building. Uh, we're going to go high rollers. We're going to go Utes with top. We'll go uh, the SC Poker Club, Trippin' Gate, uh, Trippin Gators, if they get up here. Um, and then we'll go to... Um, our friendly, good-looking artist, Space Case. So with that, high rollers, guys, give us a quick intro. Uh, 60 seconds, maybe two minutes tops, and let's get going. All right. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you having us up here. So uh, my name's Tyler. I'm with the High Roller Hippo Click, and uh, we've been a casino from end to end since December 2021. Uh, the primary focus our past few months has been on providing white-label services, so basically partnering with projects, uh, we actually have an exciting one to announce later on today, but uh, long story short, we have a mobile responsive UX UI 
with about five games that are live, probably three more on the way in the next 30 days. Uh, Reels of Change is one of our partners, as well as uh, we're building out Minds and um, Spin the Wheel. So we're really looking at building out that degenerate games and entertainment platform for the community uh, across the board in Solana. Uh, we really have a very cheap onboarding fee that we have with our partners. But long story short, we're always happy to build with others. Uh, we can work out a deal or whatever the case may be to get your community customized games based on any assets that you want to provide us. We can build in less than 24 hours. So that's kind of our primary focus is helping, you know, build out the entertainment of Web3 on Solana. And uh, long story short, we're, we're looking at, you know, eventually building into the metaverse here with Yaku and a few other partners. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some exciting, I'll say, 3D model that is going to be pushed live. So we'd like to have everybody play. Um, and last but not least, we're looking to build out poker potentially in Web3 as well. So that would be a 3D metaverse poker table that you sit at and play with all your friends or even have dedicated floors within our HRHC casino. So that's really the pitch for now. But uh, any questions I'm open to. Three quick questions. One, how many games do you have live right now? We have five that are actually white label ready and scalable. Okay. Is, is Soul the only currency to, to use on there? No, we actually have set, uh, we can set up SPL token integrations like in less than five minutes. So we have Dust, Soul, Yaku, you know, you name it, uh, soon to be Puff. Whoops. Um, but anyways, I think there's a lot of exciting uh, integrations that we can do and we can do that for partner projects. We just need the token info to set it up. Got it. Uh, and where are you guys based out of? Uh, two of our founders are based in the U.S. on the East Coast and the third founder is actually based in the EU in Switzerland. So, uh, yeah, we're spread across that. But uh, our development teams range all over Europe. We have a couple uh, here and there on front end and back end. Um, and then also operations are, are global. So we have several mods and other people that are supporting the project. And uh, also Ryuk, who oversees our security within Discord. Cool. We'll keep rolling through. Good intro. Thanks for jumping on. All right, guys. Let's go over to this project called Utes. I think that is. Is it, is it y O Toots? Uh, top man, give us a quick intro on what this Y double O is all about. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Um, happy to be here. And yeah, man, Utes like it's D God's second project. It's uh, you know, it's probably it was probably the most gate kept and hyped mint coming out. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the mint date is launched. Uh, for anyone who just you know, you can check the uh, the D God's Twitter account. A uh, quick intro for me. Uh, I've been in the space. On. What, what is that? Because yeah. he watched it last night, right? Didn't he do it like overnight, I think? E yeah. So I'm in Eastern Standard Time right now. And it was yeah. probably, I don't know, like 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, yeah, I had a what long night. Uh, what is it? Yeah, what time is it at? When When is the launch? Do we know? That is unknown right now from, from what I understand. Uh, we just got a date, which is September 2nd. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So right around the corner. Yeah. All right, keep rolling. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. So I uh, just want to give myself a, or give an intro about myself. You know, I've been in this space. Uh, I got my first exposure to crypto Web3 stuff, like maybe around uh, 2014, 2015. My first exposure to Bitcoin. Uh, you know, I was in and out at that time. And uh, fast forward to Solana and NFTs have been around before we even had a marketplace. Uh, my first mint was Soulpunks, where, you know, you just sent some soul. I think it was like three soul to a sketchy uh, smart contract, right? And uh, 
they promise you your your soul punk. So uh, this happened around May June of last year uh, when we got that uh, that nice little capitulation or you know uh, sell off there. So I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to sell my soul, which obviously I don't. So I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Let me just. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know if we can swear, but uh, don't mind me. Uh, essentially, I just wanted to go. I uh, just wanted to go and uh, you know mint an NFT. So I ended up aping more because uh, you know I was kind of down bad, right? So my emotions were all. You know, you guys experience these emotions when your money goes down instead of up, right? So uh, after the mint of Soulpunks, they that same team or core team launched Salon Art. So uh, I saw multiples. You know, I don't know if anyone has been around for that time, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I got started in NFTs. And uh, found D Gods at Mint pre-sale, so I've been a D God holder ever since. But uh, yeah, that's me. When did you start getting involved with the D Gods, like from a, a leadership standpoint? Oh, uh, good question. Um, I can't exactly pinpoint the day because it kind of just it kind of just happened, right? Um, I remember when it was the dark days of D Gods when we launched the marketplace. And uh, it, it didn't work out for anyone who knows the story. And, uh, you know, we were still active in the Discord and we had friends and stuff, that the OGs and whatnot. So I got approached from uh, Ozzy when he was a community community manager at the time. And he asked me if I wanted to mod. So uh, I'd say, man, like a, a month or two after Mint. So I don't know the exact day. I'm sorry, but uh, and here we are. Yeah, when did we actually mint? Because I picked up my D guy on the secondary uh, early November. Because I think on the mint itself, I think it sold out pretty quickly and then ran up to like 13 soul. So uh, it wasn't like priced out, but I was it just was like, oh, paying for October that. October 8th. October 8th. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, beauty. So, yeah, man. Like, I happen to be a pre sale god, right? So, uh, something was wrong with pretty much the metadata of the original uh, 2.5k d gods so we didn't even have an opportunity to sell the high at 15 right and at that time it was like oh man like this sucks you know what i mean like d gods was not cool it wasn't cool to wear a d god pfp people made fun of us uh but we still did our thing right so uh that was the exact moment where it was the dark times right uh our floor price is probably around five hovering between five and seven or so, something like that. Um, and we didn't really moon until like recently, right? So uh, it wasn't fun, let's just say that. That's pretty much why you see a lot of the OG uh, D-Gods that like have a chip on their shoulder, or at least I do sometimes, uh, because we had to experience that, you know, and some of us went in with size. At that time, Soul was like $200 or something like this. Um, so, you know, it hurt a lot, but... Uh, you just move on, you know? So anyone who had that experience or is experiencing that now, today, uh, you know, just learn from it. Pretty much, um, yeah, just learn from your mistakes. What what, what could you do that was better? Uh, and then just apply it for the future, you know? So. All right, 100%, man. We'll keep rolling through. We'll come back and go deeper on youths. But thanks for, for jumping in. Uh, and yeah, my D-God I've had since, like I said, early November have not changed my PFP since, so. Uh, for being, um, there's probably very few people like me that aren't part of the team that have had the same PFP the entire time. But either way, uh, glad to have you, and we'll keep going deep. All right, let's head over to, uh, who do we got next? Soul City Poker Club. Guys, 
Good evening. Good morning, wherever you're at. Give us an hey. intro. Hey, thanks for having me. It's Big Chungus here, guys. I'm the founder of Soul City Poker Club. Uh, I've been in the poker industry for over a decade now. I got into NFTs about this time last year. I am an ETH rescue, current Soul Maxi. Very happy about that. Uh, Soul City is a uh, full service poker club. We offer 24 7 live poker games. That means cash games, daily tournaments, community free rolls, and private games. We do have downloadable clients as well for mobile and for desktop. We also have a browser version if you're not interested in downloading, but the downloads are well worth it. They're uh, far superior. Um, we also have a Gen 1 NFT community that currently receives revenue share from the house fees that we generate from our game. And uh, we're currently working on releasing a Gen 2. We did just announce that this week. So I'm really looking forward to giving you guys more info. I'll try to keep my, my uh, introduction short here and get into that later. Um, I heard some of the other questions you'd asked. We've got our dev team is mostly located in the U.S. We've got two that live in Serbia. Uh, all of our mods and admins live in the U.S. and Canada, and two of them live in Turkey. Those are our mods. And uh, we have uh, a lot of really big events that are coming up here with the Gen 2 tomorrow. We have a massive poker tournament. Uh, we've got like over 50 stolen prizes. We've got a major stream that we do every Saturday. Gets like over 100 viewers and a huge paid tournament that gets like over 100 soul in the prize pool. Looking forward to getting into more of some of that for you guys here soon. Hey, quick question for you on the tournament, tournaments you have been running. Uh, is it pretty diverse as to who's coming out on top? Or are there a couple of names that just seem to have the skill and they're just conquering everybody? Yeah, I would say it's it's pretty diverse. Uh, we actually see a lot of people. We do We do two free rolls every day where people actually get a chance to win the top three players in those free rolls each day, twice a day, they win a free ticket into our cheaper tournaments. And I've actually seen some people like play only those, like never make a deposit and win those free rolls like every now and then. And, and they'll actually win the tournaments. One of them won the free roll to win the cheap seat and the cheap seat won them into the big tournament on Saturday. And they actually got second place in that tournament. That was pretty cool. So we've seen some people go from like literally zero to hero, make like 40 or 50 soul. And then we actually have a monthly leaderboard for tournament points that you accumulate for playing and extra points, depending on which place you come in. And that leaderboard has been pretty competitive. People going up and down on the leaderboard. There is one guy right now who's got like first place by like a good 20 points, which is pretty beatable. You can get like 30 or 40 points just by coming in first, but he's been like playing every single tournament and just playing nonstop. So uh, he's in first right now, but the leaderboard itself has hundreds of people on it. And I still think it's really anybody's game with like several tournaments left this month. So I'd say it's fairly balanced. Yeah. Um, I got more questions, but we'll keep rolling through the intros. But yeah, good to see you guys. Thanks for jumping Thanks. on. All right. So we've heard from High Roller. Uh, we've heard from Top with Utes, uh, SC Book Club. Let's go over to Trippin' Gators. Guys, good morning. Give us a quick intro. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, my name is Liz, and uh, we have for Trippin' Gators. So, uh, firstly, thank you for inviting us. Really excited to be here with all the other projects. And uh, it's, 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 it's a great space. I, I've really been listening to you guys. Uh, so, about us, um, we're Trip and Gators, and we're a supply of 3,331. We're on Seoul, and uh, as our PFP shows, it's, it's, it's an alligator-themed project. So, the main focus uh, for us here is we are building our own marketplace. And uh, by the name of Trending NFTs, which is already under construction, and our devs are really, really working hard to put it out there to you guys. 
the idea behind the whole thing is uh, that there are a lot of newbies in this NFT space and they don't really get a chance to to know more about what's happening in this space. So here we are uh, providing them a news platform come a marketplace where they can uh, they can come, they can read articles, there will be blogs. And of course, it's going to function with a lot of other services like Launchpad, Doxing, Auditing, etc. Also, um, it's going to function as a basic uh, marketplace as well. But the USB that we are having in this is our search engine. Like it, it is, it is going to be a multi-blockchain. It is not only go- going to be soul-oriented, but yes, of course, other blockchains as well like ETH, Polygon, etc. So we're here to give a user experience. We're also concentrating a lot of uh, uh, software like CRM softwares to enhance our, uh, uh, like basically we're giving our users an experience and not just they're holding on to a website. But yes, when they come to our website, it's going to be an experience out for them. So we're dealing with uh, right now a lot of uh, software like crm softwares cms that is content management so we're looking into that as well and of course our search engine is um, on the go and we're building on it it's going to be multi-blockchain and like we said that whenever we uh, whenever we are on launching on this uh, marketplace it's not going to be just a marketplace it's going to be like like a news platform as well where users can enlighten themselves on uh, they can they can learn new things about what's happening in the new projects what's what's new in the space and uh, it's basically to enlighten the users the new ones the newbies who are on this block so that's that's what we're looking at we're not only looking at earning out here and yes of course uh, we are creating our own DAO so whatever um, our uh, earnings will come out from this marketplace we are sharing this is our utility as well we are sharing our revenue 50 percent of our revenue with our users with our members so that's what we're looking at and a lot of other things it's 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 coming all together we are working the devs are working so we're looking at mainly the focus mainly right now is the website All right. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for coming up. Uh, where are you guys based out of? Right now, I'm in Dubai, but uh, initially, I'm from Hong Kong, yeah. Okay, very cool. All right, we'll come back to you, but good intro. Thanks for, for jumping on. Yeah, sure. Uh, last thanks. but not least, our artist of the day, Space Case. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, so my name's Colin, uh, aka Space Case or ADHD. I've been a full-time musician, artist, uh, creative person for like I don't know, uh, like a little over eighteen years now. Um, and kind of, uh, what were you doing before that? Oh, well, I was, I was, I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I, I basically well, started I was going to say, like, you've probably been like, you've had this mind forever, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess like, you know, I started, I started, uh, fucking around with art and, and being in bands and stuff when I was, when I was in high school and then pretty much right out of high school, just started touring in bands full time. And, uh, while being a full time musician, started uh to re-engage in visual arts in a major way started showing at galleries and stuff and um 
fast forward to like 2017 ish found really quick for the bands yeah were you you a musician did you do art back then as well like for posters and stuff like that um yeah for sure i mean i I actually like um i dabbled around in in like graphic design and and uh even a little a little bit of a fine art major uh but dropped out and basically had a real bad experience with a professor who thought I sucked and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to quit. And I did. And then that's kind of when I went full time into music and, um, took me a few years to come back to art in a, in a confident way, but eventually kind of re-engaged in a different, in a different direction. And, um, yeah, just became like completely obsessed and, you know, it just became another way to express myself, but also another way to pay the bills. And, um, I think slowly, but surely over the years got more and more interested in digital art. Uh, you know, I would, I was focused on making acrylic paintings and pen and ink drawings and assemblages and all that kind of shit. But, um, more and more, especially as I was traveling a ton, um, you know, it was just super easy to, to take out my computer and work on that rather than, you know, setting up a, a fucking canvas in a hotel room or backstage or whatever. Um, even though I did do that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I found crypto in like 2017 ish, uh, watched kind of the onset of NFTs with crypto punks and, um, crypto kitties and all that stuff. And got really interested in, what was possible in terms of the way it could empower digital artists and just sort of like um, content creators in general. And uh, yeah, I just kind of like followed the rabbit hole for a while, like really just watching, um, continuing to be mostly a traditional artist and not really diving in to mint yet. And uh, I started minting around two years ago or so. I started minting as Colin Circa, uh, which is sort of my OG handle that's more associated with my traditional art and my band. And then I started this handle about a year ago as like an alt wallet on Tezos and just basically was like this random project that was doing like a series of one-on-one one-on-one digital paintings, just very focused thing that I wanted to do and it just sort of uh spiraled and became like my main thing and i've just been focused on it ever since so um my band is pretty much uh on hiatus uh, i've been doing this i've been doing this full time um for man like almost eight months now um and it's uh it's fucking fun so the music really quick touch on that for a second what type of music was it what type of band uh it's like weird rock it's like uh Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little more serious than Weird Al, but maybe <laughs> maybe not that much more. Yeah. Okay, got it. And uh, then, as far as like your collections go and the art that you do, is 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 it predominantly now on the Solana blockchain? ETH, you know, do you have a preference? Uh, I'm I'm pretty much chain agnostic. I mean, I, I started minting on soul like, uh, four months ago. Um, but I, I mint on ETH and te- I started on Tezos pretty much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I love them all pretty equally. They're all very unique, uh, communities and very unique in terms of just the way that, um, art 
kind of travels and the way art gets sold. And it's like really interesting that they all have these little kind of quirks about them. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I didn't really know much about, you know, the Solana community before I started minting on exchange, but I got brought on by a few, um, friends who had collected my work on Tezos and, and on ETH actually. And, um, it just com- actually completely changed the game for me. Um, uh, my what Solana did? Yeah, being being on exchange uh, art, which is a a fine art. Um, oh yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. A two K and uh, Haley brought me on um, and had a few friends who kind of connected us. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, I'd say, like things were going well before that, but once I got on there, um, I was kind of blown away by the way my, my work connected to the Solana community. Um, it, it just really kind of, there was like a fire that got started there that, um, I think has kind of propelled me on all chains at this point. And I did a pretty big thing with them about a month ago. Um, they did an exhibit in the Hamptons, um, in New York. We did this, um, in real life exhibit with four digital abstract artists um, showing to, you know, basically showing at this gallery that they started with a never seen before Jackson Pollock piece. And so we all, we all responded to that work and it was all kind of exhibited together and uh, it was pretty incredible. And that was the exchange art that put it, put that together. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I buy. I really don't do much on ETH anymore. I gave up ETH like a year ago, as far as like having buying, picking up any NFTs, and definitely sure. not the art. I feel like I get priced out in the art pretty quickly because everything's like half an ETH or above, and I'm just not there mentally yet for some of the stuff that I see. Sure. Uh, but Solana, it's a much much easier entry point, which I think for the masses, which is nice. Um, so you know, I guess my my question for you is, and you can be very successful and have pieces go for fifty, hundred, five hundred soul, right? Which is a pretty awesome payday. But mm-hmm. you know, do you feel like artists are attracted to ETH over Solana just because of you know potentially the starting price point? Um, that's a good question. It, it's hard to say. I think that more and more I'm seeing people come into this space with uh not really having an impression of what the right chain to go is uh, go to is just because there has been so much growth on a lot of the chains, um, especially in the last six months. Um, it feels like more and more like stigmas are kind of just going away. Um, and me personally, I, I've witnessed just a, a massive shift of people just willing to try other chains and, and, and being open to it. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, I think, I think for a while it was just because that, that was what was known. That was what was the most prevalent, um, you know, ETH was there kind of before everything else. I mean, there were, there were some other things happening like there were people minting on Bitcoin and, and, and doing other things prior to ETH, but, um, ETH just became the predominant chain. And I think, um, platforms like super rare just kind of built up a certain, um, cachet with with people and artists so it was just I think it's just a matter of uh, time you know and and now um, I think a lot of the artists that I'm following are, are multi-chain so um, 
I think, I think that stigma is kind of going away and I have good experiences on all chains, but, um, it's definitely one of those things where for me, you know, I'm, I'm just not a normal, I'm not a normal case study, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I, I came by the time I got to ETH, uh, you know, my first mint was on super rare and my, my Genesis went for like 1.8 ETH and, and then pretty much ever since then, I've just been kind of climbing since then. And then when I got to Solana, I was already sort of established on Super Rare. And so I came into Solana already having a level of like attention and energy happening. Um, but none of it would have been possible without the building that I did on Tezos. So it all kind of relates for me. Um, but I think that every artist's journey is pretty unique and what's right for one is probably not necessarily going to work for someone else. Um, but yeah. All right. A couple more minutes and then we'll, we'll go back uh, over to you. So I wanted to ask you uh, a couple of questions about the art and about you. Like the first one is like, where do you um, pull influence from artist wise? You know, probably people in the space now, but you know, are there other you know, pre NFT free kind of blockchain that you, you pull from or, you know, kind of yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so my, my influences are, are kind of, um, mixed, you know, I, as I mentioned, I came from like, uh, music, but specifically came from like punk rock, hardcore, like just strange kind of like, um, small underground movements. And where'd you, what, uh, area did you grow up in the U S uh, like Philadelphia area. I spent a lot of time in New York city and you like modern baseball. Oh, of course. Yeah. Saw him many times. Yeah, um, I wish they, maybe they'll get back together one day, but he's kind of, men, he's got some mental issues, obviously. But yeah, keep rolling, sorry. <laughs> Most of us do. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think for me, I, I, I was also, you know, as a, as a young kid, like, um, you know, I, I hung around with a lot of graffiti writers and, and dabbled in that a lot. So I think there's definitely some influence of like, both like, zine culture you know sort of just like um nasty like gritty black and white xerox uh you know cut and paste collage like that stuff is heavily influenced on me plus like you know graffiti tags um even shitty like just like toy tags are like a really uh, to me if i see just a little shitty tag on a stop sign i'm just like damn that's beautiful like <laughs> there's something about that kind of thing that really appeals to me um but then, so me not like into that culture. Do you think someone spent time on that quick little tag, or like so that's artistic to you, or is it someone just like I always figured it's just some punk messing around? Yeah, well, well, I definitely know that people spend time on that. I mean, like me myself, and then like a ton of my friends would just have like fucking entire notebooks full of us just trying to get the the signature down to where it, you know it takes like five seconds to do, and it looks the same. But um, but. With that aside, I think what I find beautiful about it is really, um, you know, kind of this combination of decay and and the 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 way that the tag is sort of infringing on this um, very I don't want to call a stop sign corporate because it's not, but it's just like you know, it's this like industrial like um, you know. I don't know, there's this thing that's just existing there and then all of a sudden it's altered and it's altered by a human hand and it's like 
Um, there's something about it that breaks up your reality uh, if you pay attention to it. So there's something about it that I just find interesting. I don't know. Maybe I did too much acid. I don't know why I find that interesting. But like, um, I, I I would say I'm equally influenced by um, you know the the abstract expressionist movement of you know just like uh, the 50s to the 70s, like the 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 people that were really kind of like moving away from uh, painting, you know, f figurative paintings and, and um, representational art and making, you know, just purely abstract work. Uh, I find a lot of that really interesting, especially just um, kind of the uh, inspiration behind going towards that as like feeling like language and, and figurative objects being sort of like, um, not enough to express the strangeness of the world, you know, like there's just something about abstract work to me that feels more applicable to this strange place. Like, multi, like almost like opening up a multidimensional world. Yeah. And then also just sort of, um, there's something, uh, super visceral and emotional and, and just kind of, uh, ineffable about abstract work to me that, um, it feels a little bit, it, it feels kind of revolutionary in the way that it can interact with people's minds and, and their environments. And so, so there's, so there's something about that to me that I find like that has like a lot of potential to, um, unlock things in people. You know, I think art has the ability to, to change people and to, you know, enhance our experience and enhance our lives. And I think abstract work, especially, has like a really unique uh, ability to allow people to, you know, reflect and um, kind of go inward, which is, uh, you know, I think, I think all, all good art can do that, but abstract work, if you're open to it and you come to it in that, in that way, it can really allow you to have a moment with yourself and this other thing and potentially the artist that made it. And um I don't know. There's some. There's nothing quite like it. Um, hey, space. Um, thanks for coming up here. First of all, um, first of all, actually, um, what do you prefer to be called? Space, ADHD, or something else? Just so I know. <laughs> I don't care. It's all good. Space is fine. Um, I think it's the easiest because you can see it on my profile there. But uh, gotcha. uh, Colin is fine too. Whatever you, whatever you want, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, yeah. I'll I'll stick with space for now, just so everyone knows cool. um, who we're speaking with. Um, I had a, I had a quick question uh, for you. You mentioned Tezos, um, and I know I've used um, Tezos before. When I like after I first got into NFTs, yeah. I started messing around with like Hen X Y Z. You may you're probably uh -huh. familiar with the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was really wondering, like I remember the arts on there was just next level i i like much preferred it to the art that was being uh put out on um on ethereum yeah. and i certainly think it was it's it's still like high quality than what we see on solana obviously uh, a lot of artists have come over since then but why do you think the artists were attracted to tezo so much um compared to some of the other chains that's a good question i think um it has a lot to do with uh well I think really all of this has to do with community and, and, and artists um, kind of following each other into, into spaces. And then artists, um, once they feel safe in a space, in a space, they're going to bring other people into it and be like, Hey, you know, you should do this. And the easier it gets, or, you know, maybe the more accessible it gets, the more, you know, the cheaper it gets, 
um, the easier it is for it to spread. But I think, I think in general, I mean, there, there's definitely a combination of things that happened that around that time when Hickatnunk kind of exploded and then all the, the mirror sites like Hen Next and, um, you know, eventually object became the, the thing after, uh, Hickatnunk kind of <laughs> bit the dust. But, um, I think, uh, really there was, um, a huge, so one thing that a lot of people kind of forget is that, you know, um, you know, digital artists work in a variety of file types. And, uh, you know, Tezos was the first blockchain to my knowledge that was allowing people to make um, interactive NFTs with ease and mint them uh, in a way that, you know, people could, you know, make an NFT that would be basically updating, um, you know, moment by moment as, you know, it would be attached to some external parameter like, you know, uh, there were people that were making work that was like attached to like the Tezos price uh, and it would like go up and down and you would see the, the NFT kind of change based on that. Or you would have things that were interactive, like you could basically um, make make an NFT that allowed people to use this brush that you made, a special brush. And then every person who bought the NFT could sit there and, and make their own kind of piece of art with the brush i mean there was just like um i'm not even thinking of the best examples i mean the first nft i bought on tezos i think was like an interactive video game like it was blew my mind so there was just so much more than just like um art being minted on it and it was being minted very cheaply and being sold very cheaply so i think it had a lot of that punk uh ethos going on and it just really um spread from from uh, word of mouth very quickly and I think it just had that kind of thing it was very viral in the way that it built um, quickly in artist communities and because I think at that time the whole environmental thing with with ethereum was a huge uh, hot topic thing so artists would come and they'd be interested in trying nfts but I think immediately they'd be put off by this sort of angst and and all this sort of murky, information around um, energy usage with ethereum and then on top of it you know at the time it was like 300 fucking dollars to mint on on eth so it's crazy so it was just like an easy decision like and then i think as far as why they weren't going to solana yet i just think it wasn't established yet i just don't think that there was like the right platform yet you know um, exchange art is an amazing platform but it's relatively new um so what they've done in a very short of you know span of time is absolutely incredible and i think you a lot of the amazing art on solana is you know people coming from other chains too you know so there's like you know it's kind of like when you go to a state and it's like almost nobody's born there i mean i think there are incredible soul artists who have been there from the start and i'm like always like damn props to you that you came here when nobody else was around um i feel the same way about early tezos artists before people came in because it takes a lot of courage to do that and even myself I, coming coming into solana four months ago um most of my friends had not stepped onto solana yet most of them had not minted on solana yet so um i took my experience from tezos and applied that to solana and was like you know this is a whoa <laughs> what was uh, that? i don't know that was a great laugh though uh i think uh 
Yeah, I basically applied my early experience with Tezos of like trying something that's new and maybe not um, known as like the thing yet, but that it could have amazing outcome. And, you know, that intuition proved correctly. I, I really like I'm just so thankful that I took that chance. And I, I honestly, the one thing that I, I stress to people the most when they're like kind of scared to try Solana, I'm like the one thing that you definitely do not need to, to be is scared because like um, especially like Solana collectors are fucking nice as hell and like have amazing vibes. So, um, you know, I, not to say that that's not on other chains too, but I, I was kind of overwhelmed immediately when I tried Solana by how like there was just like a really like overwhelmingly good vibe um, to the collectors and, and just like the platform. So um, that's been my experience so far. I got you. No, um, thank you for answering that. Actually, I've, I've asked that question several times to different artists that um, that, that have been in the space for a while, and I've I've been given you know, um, no one's given me such a thorough answer. So I appreciate you for articulating that the way you did. I hadn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that Tezos provided certain tools to um, help artists specifically, um, and I wonder if we can bring that over to Solana um, at some point soon. So yeah, um, thanks for that. For sure. All right, Space, thanks for coming up, man. We'll have you on again in the months ahead. Uh, but our goal is, guys that are in the room, to have one artist on uh, per show and then obviously bring the projects on too. So uh, hopefully put some more light on the one-on-one artists that are out there in the space, whether they're ETH or Solana or Tezos or what have you. So uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for going deep with us. Hell yeah, appreciate you. And feel free to hang on. Uh, if you got to go do some work, that's cool too. But uh, cool. I want to kind of chill and ask questions with the other guys. Uh, that's That's totally kosher with us. Right on. Thank you. All right, guys. We are presented by Rifters. If you haven't checked them out, please do. Uh, it's a gaming project put together by Community 3, so definitely worth a look. It's the second pin tweet up top, and they are ch trying to change the game when it comes to Web3 and gaming and actually bringing communities together. So kind of rethinking what the gaming experience looks like, tapping into discords, tapping into the NFT communities and so forth. Uh, if you go to that tweet up top, you can actually go to their DAO, I'm sorry, you can go into their form to fill out um, information on your DAO to be a part of the experience when this Rifters game launches in about four weeks. But with that, let's start going into some of the other content. So let's talk with Top. Let's go into Utes. You know, I've got lots of questions. There's probably lots of things you can't answer. Um, I've got questions on the project. I've got questions on just the whole whitelist um, or, you know, sponsorship or what is it, the scholarship list. But first things first, what can you tell us high level? Like what is youth really about? All right. So uh, the true beauty of youths is, you know, we're trying something new here, you know, in regards to intellectual property of traits, right? So the, honestly, the true beauty of youths is that it empowers artists, you know, whether they be, um, what's it called? One of one art or, those who do uh, gen like generative art and yeah the the cool part about it too is that it, it, honestly it empowers communities like you know what we we're talking about earlier so we look at sub DAOs, you know some examples would be you know mickey's or um, guzzler right and a few others in the community right now it, it, it gives that power to the DAOs and the artists to monetize that you know like if we look at the current meta right now um, 
a common trait or maybe like a maybe even just a rare trait that people like or a collective of people uh, really adore uh for example guzzlers with primates right so we see a premium price on the listings of these specific nfts right so how can we go deeper in that and this is what use is trying to do you know so it, it honestly it, it's hard to articulate because there is no manual there, you know like we're the core team you know frank etc uh, kind of keep that under lock and key you know so uh i may not be able to answer all your questions but we can definitely uh, get those answered over time but uh how, how big is the team currently oh man um are we talking specifically utes because we do have a crossover well, i guess you know do, do you guys obviously bleeds over there's probably a lot of folks working on both ends but is the has there been kind of a core just built around utes or is it mostly the d guys team kind of pulling all the strings so the direction definitely comes from DGOT's core, right? And then a lot of the work is done just by DGOT's developers. So currently there aren't, from what I know, right? Because I'm just a moderator right now. Um, they have basically like a Trello board and a project manager, which is Oda. And they pretty much tackle what's priority, right? So... That's what I know right now, and uh, that's all I wanted to uh, sure. articulate. So, um, lots of other questions we can we can tap into. Some stuff you may be able to answer, may not. The scholarship uh, side of things, I know you've been pretty involved with that. Can you share about that experience? Yes. So it, the, the how that works is basically. Like, I don't know if I can say this, but, um, you know, I'll try and keep it short. So currently we have applicants and all those applications are put into a portal. And the mod's job is currently to, you know, kind of go through the content or uh, like pretty much give a review of the application. Right. So there, generally people are kind of like people, the member, the, the community right now are curious of like what metrics do we look at right so um, it depends on the type of application for those who applied uh you you, you see like there's pretty much six different um there's six different uh i don't know what to call it like, like different sorry, types I, of applications like i'm an influencer that's right or, or I'm, like, I'm like you know i'm in a third world country so, i'm trying to get out or, right different avenues Exactly. Like, you know, there's, there's alpha callers, you know, there's the community members, uh, builders, etc. Right. So each application has its own kind of, you know, you, you look at specific things uh, depending on the application. Right. So like if I'm looking at a application of a artist, for example, right, I'm going to look at if they list if they if they've included these links to their portfolio, say that whether it be on a exchange art etc sorry if i'm kind of rambling i, I actually pulled an old letter because uh, we we're just trying to get through as many oh, applications as possible you're, you're fine. so um yeah so what i was saying is that uh if i'm looking at a artist application i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look at the same things that i look at for an alpha caller right so um 
there's a few things that uh, make an application good. You know what I mean? Like it, pretty much filling out the application with effort. And you can kind of tell when s someone just wants to do it just to do it. So generally, uh, they'll get a bad rating, right? If you include proof of work, which is the biggest thing, uh, the biggest metric right now is proof of work, right? So if I apply for an alpha caller, like I should be including links uh, of Twitter posts that I made um, or something like that, right? So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just listening to you. Um, sorry, Moon, I'm, I was just going to say, just listening to you, I've realized um, that I've, I, I've totally messed up my application when I was signed up. Um, oh, really? But it, it's good to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, um, I think I, I, when I applied, um, so many huge names within the space uh, had already been announced. And I guess I did it with uh, little hope and I, I, I didn't put as much effort into it as I should have probably um but regardless of that it's it's good to know that you guys are actually um taking this extremely seriously and looking at some very important metrics and it's just, it's not just uh, about you know uh, how famous are they um type of thing you know exactly right like a lot of individuals are voicing concerns of you know only big names getting accepted which is not true right like there there have been applicants that were accepted uh, that have like 300 or 400 Twitter followers, right? Like that's not the only thing, although it does help, right? But at the end of the day, like we, we want a community that's um, allocated well, you know, like when I came into the space, like, you know, I was pretty much just a, like, you know, a normie, like a nobody, right? I'm not saying that I'm somebody now, but obviously um, with kind of the experience I've gone through from this whole journey, like, people ask me questions and I just kind of share uh, my experiences, right? So um, it, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started or if you're experienced um, in regards to the application, because honestly, we're just looking for people who are curious, willing to learn, willing to grow, and just put on for use, right? So um, that's kind of the uh, the idea right now. Um, hello, guys. Can I can I ask a few questions real quick? I'm sorry. Yeah, feel free to jump in. Yeah, thank you. So, although I'm not accepted yet, I just wanted to uh, thank thank you for the team. So, uh, for the fact that you're doing uh, it so well in terms of uh, accepting people. So, I've the, the the there has been a lot of projects that I've been grinding grinding on uh, unsuccessfully. And uh, and this this process looks looks pretty fair. And uh, my question is, uh, will you guys kind of uh, focus on the educa uh, education aspects in into Web three in terms of, for example, for new developers? So uh, in the NFT scene uh, currently, ex especially in this gambling meta, there's a lot of people that forget that uh, all of this Web three stuff is kind of developed on uh, technology. And I just wanted to ask you: uh, Will will there be any kind of uh, uh, web-free educational uh, aspect uh, of development? Just so I understand, uh, are you referring to like um, educational content on like like if, say you're a brand new dev and you're learning something? Um, are are you asking if uh, will have an education academy type of thing 
Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. I'm curious about it because it's just like kind of a new project and I haven't seen uh, kind of education aspects uh, in, in previous NFT projects. And I think that some of the... Uh, mm, uh, I think that's a space that uh, is not used as uh, it could be. So yeah, that that was my question. Uh, okay, uh, I wouldn't say that there's uh, like a an educational uh, like pretty much program. Um, the thing about the the great thing about the, this community or this core is they like to hire internally, right? So um, any NFT holder that has X Y Z skill, uh, whether it be you know elementary or um, you know post secondary, etc., in regards to like how much, how many reps they've gone through, and you know how uh, experienced they are. Uh, for example, something like front end or back end, etc. So I, I, the short answer is no. Um, from like what I know now, that may change. But uh, if you're willing to learn on your own time, like go through these academies and apply your your uh, your work ethic towards youths. I mean, there is a good chance that you would, uh, you know, get a role uh, in whatever you have uh, pretty much. Uh... Sorry, I'm blanking right now. Oh. It's all right, man. You've had a long that We understand. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, my bad. Stat. Um, <laughs> whatever you have desire in, essentially, if you show that you have drive and work ethic, um, there's a high probability that you can, you know, get a a role within youths or D-Gods, et cetera. Yeah, I would say anything's um, possible, right? You put your mind to it. Life in general is about networks. It's about overcoming the odds. You know, it's about being persistent. You know, if you knock on that door enough and you show the passion, the people are going to let you in. Um, it um, promotes opportunities, so. Real real quick, if I um, just to add on to that, um, uh, Cuba, um, I hope I'm getting your name right. I'm probably not, um, but regardless, um, if you're interested in the educational side of NFTs, we have had a lot of projects um, uh, on this show who cater towards those communities. And I have a lot of resources that I could send you away. So feel free to hop in, hop in my DMs and um, hopefully I can put, point you in the right direction if that's what you're interested in. I definitely will. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming up, man. So top... Um... What, and I'm sure Tulsa has some questions for you too, but what is the timeline to one kind of finish the scholarships? How close are we? Um, two, how many are still open? And then three, how many scholarship requests have you guys had? Okay, um, there's there's a lot there, so this is going to be a loaded answer. Uh, in regards to how many applications we saw at peak. Uh, this is just a ballpark about thirty five thousand. I want to say thirty five thousand applicants. Um, currently accepted right now. I can actually pull it up. But it's gonna be some time. And then yeah, as you're pulling that up, September second is the date. So I assume within a couple of days prior, you'll try to finalize that list. Exactly. Um, you know, the current pending applications right now uh, actually aren't much. Uh, the, the whole mod team 
and the staff leads have been doing like a really great job uh, just getting through these uh, as best we can while still being fair. Um, so yeah, just give me one sec. Let's see. Yeah, with the launch uh, on September 2nd, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting sprint. Like last night, uh, we were pretty much directed to pre like 5X in regards to sprinting, right? So the whole the whole team has just been nonstop reading, um, looking at potential uh, you know applicants. You know what I'm saying? Like pretty much seeing how they engage with the community and what type of content goes out. Uh, so let's see what's approved. While I do this, did you have any, any other questions? You want to oh, so what was the Tulsa? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I have a question actually. While while you're looking for that data, um, these scholarships are fantastic. Um, obviously, you've had tons of interest. Thirty-five thousand plus applications. That's that's huge. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people are interested in how you guys will um, be onboarding um, other users. Will there be any other avenues for, uh, let's say, someone that's not so involved in the NFT space just yet to get into Utes? Um, and, you know, what are the plans for that? Or is it like, uh, are, there, uh, are all the spots allocated um, for like, DGODs holders and um, uh, scholarships? Um, uh, yeah, people that haven't accepted to the scholarship. Okay, uh, I think this may be okay. Actually, no, it's not bad. This this kind of doesn't make sense. Um, so I don't know if I can openly share the amount of approved applications from what I see in the portal. Um, to answer your question in re regards to allocation, uh, every D God in the collection right now uh, has an opportunity to mint a Ute. Right. Uh, of course, if if, if it's a de a D god, it definitely needs to transcend in order to um, be able to mint that ute. Um, so yeah, every NFT in D gods right now has an opportunity to mint a ute. Uh, and then on top of that, I, I think, don't quote me on this. There's five thousand open uh, in regards to uh, how many spots are, are available outside of the D god holders. With the DGOD, what's has it been communicated yet as far as the timeline to like do we need to do anything ahead of time of the, the mint if we've got a dead god? From what I understand now, because it's not confirmed, um, we don't really have to. If you're holding a, a dead god, you don't have to do much. I'm assuming when you uh, reach the minting site um, or launch pad, etc. It'll recognize that you have a dead god, and then from there you just have to mint for three hundred seventy-five does. Okay, got it. Um, all right, amazing. Um, is, is there anything else? I, I know that everything's still pretty like hush hush about Utes, and I'm sure a lot more information come out post mint or closer to it. Um, but is there anything else that you think? needs to be highlighted about the project um that you could share with us actually yes um i actually don't hear a lot of discussion or uh, yeah pretty much conversations uh, in what the the y token is 
uh, in regards to youths. So it, it's kind of interesting because in order to, so basically the Y token is ownership of the specific trait or NFT, right? So when we have our youths and we stake them, um, over 30 days, you would acquire a Y token. So you can spend that Y token to customize any trait on your youth. And if you own that Y token, then you own the IP rights of that, right? So if another uh, individual or DAO wants to copy you uh, and they don't own the Y token, then they pretty much get denied, right? So um, that pretty much alludes to uh, the marketplace, right? So there will be a marketplace where you can actually sell your traits specifically, right? So let's say that I'm an artist and I do a custom uh, third eye, right? Uh, essentially, I can create, so as an artist, I'll create that trait uh, for myself or I can commission it to someone else. And from there, uh, since I'm the artist and I own that Y token, then any sale of that trait, you would get a royalty, right? So that's kind of interesting. And it'd be nice to kind of hear uh, more discussion on that specifically. Because uh, pretty much all I've been seeing is, you know, mint cost, which is understandable. Or um, what would happen if someone does try to just right-click save, right? So um, that's kind of interesting, actually. I mean, what would happen if someone does try to right-click save? There, surely there is no way to... Uh, they, they, we can't bring on any, like, legal um, action um, to, to someone that's trying to copy... Uh, these traits can can we do that? Is it do you think that's possible? In all honesty, it can be, but the difference would be the trait without the Y token wouldn't get any perks or benefits that D God Core are known to do. Right? If you look at the the story of D Gods into Dead Gods, and you know how many perks we got, right? So that's the main difference. Um, that I know right now, and uh... sure, but like that—that's within the the ecosystem, right? And fair enough. If you don't have the white um, the white token, uh, then you don't get you don't get to claim the benefits. But how? Um, let me present you with a hypothetical situation. Um, someone creates an artist creates um, um, an uh, an attributes um, uh an asset and they, they get the Y token. It's it's highly sought after, it's very popular, high in demand, but then it's used by third parties outside of the system to develop um, other products, let's say merchandise, for example. Now, in that case, can anything be done, do you think? Um, would the Utes team assist with legal action, perhaps, um, cease and desist and things like that? Um, I, I hope don't that makes sense. Know, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I understand um, what you're asking here. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that information, uh, especially now at such a young state of, uh, of youth in general. The main thing that I do know is that um, if, if that is so, obviously, the person who right click saves or pretty much wants to copyright it um, outside of the youth ecosystem then I don't know exactly what would happen in that situation um, but of course from what we what we know 
uh, of DGods, etc. Um, it would be better to just do it within the ecosystem, I guess. Uh, but I don't know what would happen in that situation. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, I, I suppose, like with most things, um, all of these issues will get ironed out as time goes on. Uh, this is all very new territory for everyone involved, uh, so um, loads of questions uh, to be answered. Um, interesting. Um, I brought up uh, Josh Taco. Um, hey, Josh, did you have a question for Top regarding uh, Utes, uh, maybe about the Y token specifically, or my uh, mic's over to you, man. Uh, yeah, I think I accidentally requested to talk. Sorry, man. <laughs> that's, that's okay. All right. No worries, man. Appreciate you coming up here. Um, uh, okay. Um, top, um, I just want to quickly go back to the white token while, we, while we're on the subject here. Um, I know that it will open up a lot, loads of possibilities. Now, for you personally, what exactly are you excited about the most with the white token and uh, with the overall Utes brand? Uh, actually, thank you for the question. And to to answer it, what, what I'm most like excited about is essentially um, tapping into the talent of the pretty much people in this ecosystem. Like, there's so many artists that I've come across that create just fire art in regards to customs. So um, the cool thing that, you know, a Ute holder would have is you can pretty much commission or hire uh, an artist to work on a specific trait. Like for me, I pretty much like, I love the third eye in my D God. So uh, if that was a trait in Utes, then it's definitely something that I would like on my Ute. Um, the interesting part about this though, is that, the custom trait has to fit the exact um, like measurements of the trait, right? So let's say I have uh, a hoodie, right? Or yeah, let's say I have a hoodie, um, and I want to put a custom T-shirt on it. It, it. it won't be accepted, right? So the interesting part is that these traits go through um, an application process similar to scholarships. So uh, pretty much all of those things would. Um, be looked be looked at and then uh, either approved or denied, which is interesting actually. So, so it's going to be a fairly manual process, then it looks like, um, uh, you know, approving these applications, um, similar similar to the scholarships. Um, I'm, I'm assuming uh, has the teams been set up for that already, or uh, you guys are looking to um, set up in the near future? Uh. I'm sure it's on like a whiteboard <laughs> at the HQ. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, you know, we don't get that type of access. Uh, and it, it makes sense why, right? Uh, just in case it gets leaked or anything like that. Um, especially something like this where it, it completely changes, it, it introduces something brand new and we're pretty much trialing it on on the Utes project, right? So the whole idea with every piece of uh, of tech that's created um, right now that we're pretty much all the mods are beta testing, uh, we're trying to fine tune it to be software as a service that can be um, sold to DAOs, right? So um, that's pretty interesting, actually. So um, unfortunately, I don't know the exact nitty gritty, but uh, sure. it's definitely something that uh, we'll, we'll, I'll look at or ask about. Very cool, very cool. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming up here, and I pre appreciate you um, 
sharing some information with us. Um, I'm actually very excited about Utes. Um, th there aren't a lot of projects that I've been hyped for, um, and uh, e e even e even if I'm not directly involved with it, I can see just how great this project can be for the Solana ecosystem. Um, I mean, we all know um, uh, uh, how capable Frank is. Um, we've seen that. I think the, there's, there's his work speaks for of, uh, for itself. But what what I'm really excited about is the fact that we seem to be merging um, the uh, the NFT community together. You know, it's not just our oh, Slan NFTs or ETH NFTs. Um, there's there's a bit of a shift going on here, and that is so incredibly exciting because I'd love to get to a point where uh, we're not. Uh, we're, we're not the Solana NFT community or the ETH uh, uh, NFT community, but we're just, you know, it's just an NFT community. And I think uh, this could potentially be the beginning of something, um, something along those lines, you know? Um, so yeah, very, very excited to see what happens here. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, to be honest. Uh, uh, as far as my questions go, that's about it. Um, oh, actually, we're getting a bunch of requests. Um, so uh, I see Jimmy's up here. Um, I'll bring up. Um, I, I know that we've been speaking for a while, and obviously, we've got a bunch of other projects that we want to uh, chat with. So I'm going to take on um, two more questions from 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 our guest here, and then uh, we'll move on to um, our uh, our guests. So I've brought up. Um, I bring up here. Um, so, crypto gamer, crypto gamer, thanks for coming up. Uh, do you have a question for Top here regarding Utes? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jackson, bro, I think. Who is that? Okay, that's so weird. I, I've removed that guy, but um, he had his mic muted and started making those noises, which is... Jesus Christ. Yeah, what are you doing, me? What's up? All right, well, you guys are being weird, and that's just unnecessary. We're trying to have a proper discussion in this space, so come on now. Um, be a little more, be a bit more respectful, guys. Um, apologies about that. We'll we'll just move on. And uh, top, leave us on a high note. Give me um, just uh, give us a quick um, you know, share your thoughts with us, maybe. And I, I know I know we brought uh, Jimmy Jimmy back up here actually. Oh, and there's some uh, something I wanted to ask. Um, I, you said that you're a moderator on on the youth team at the moment. Uh, is 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 that your permanent role, or do you think you'll be transitioning into something else? Oh, that's a great question. There is upward mobility, uh, depending on interest, right? Uh, currently, right now, I just really want to uh, just continue being a mod. Uh, just to, like, I can pretty much fit in, right? So if, if one specific thing or a specific task needs to be done, um, you know, I could get called on, etc. Uh, I was actually curious if, if Jimmy had anything to add. I know he was uh, supposed to speak with me here. Uh, he he may have some uh, additional insight in regards to use if you don't mind. Oh yeah, please, Jimmy. Um, yeah, because you have to join us. Yeah, hey guys, sorry. I when I saw this last night when Moonraving sent out the link, I read it as uh, eight a.m. PST, and so I thought it was in forty-five minutes. And then I saw the space, and I was in 
woke up, I was in another space, and then I saw this live. I apologize. Um, my bad. Um, but excited to be here. Sorry for, for joining late again. Uh, I was hoping to be early and or on time. Uh, so apologize about that. Um, so okay, when it happens. But uh, happy to answer. Yeah, happy to answer any questions, but don't want to take away from, from anyone else either. Um, no, I mean, we've, we've been going pretty deep, um, you know, try, trying to uncover as much information as, as I can from top. Uh, he's been very good uh, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, keeping keeping secrets and not sharing too much alpha. But, you know, I, I got to try here. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the interesting thing, I was saying this in the other space, but the interesting thing about uh, uh, D-Gods is like, we actually, a lot of the times, even though we're working on the team, like actually don't know what's going to happen either because... Um, I mean, we're just, it's, it's hard to manage at this point with like so many eyes on everything. Like if, if someone tells me, you know, if core team tells me something and I tell one person and, you know, I have no control if they go tell one person and, and then that, you know, uh, tree starts to grow very, very large, very quickly in the Solana space. Um, and so a lot of times, like I, you know, I woke up and I didn't know what the announcement was. And so I had to go on Twitter and, and Discord and figure it out um, as well. And so I think and, and honestly, I think that's a really interesting way to roll it out. And it's not because they don't trust us. It's just because, like, you know, it's the nature of people to, you know, have information about something that's really exciting and really want to tell someone that they trust, too. Uh, it's just a little bit different in a trustless space like uh, like crypto and NFTs. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really excited about everything. Uh, it sounds like the mint dates on September 2nd, which means we're just going to, me and top are going to, you know, after this go review another couple thousand, uh, uh, applications, uh, which honestly has been so amazing. There's just getting to see the, the breadth of people, both who have large platforms and also almost no platform, but are extremely talented in one way or another. Um, get accepted has been, you know, so much fun. I've I just had the, you know, the privilege of getting to learn about all the people that are involved in this space. And honestly, it's made me even more bullish on on everything to come. It's just like how many talented people there are here. Um, and and to preface that again, like even if whoever, if you're listening and you're waiting on an acceptance and you may not get it, like and you're building stuff or you're creating art, like whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Uh, it's not like a validation criteria. It doesn't mean like anything other than you happen to have been accepted to this. Um, so just keep building whatever you're doing. Um, just don't stop because that's what's led me to here. Um, and for my for a little context on my backstory, I started with uh, as a mod on the first day of public sale of D-Gods. Um, minted a couple in pre-sale, minted a couple in public sale. Haven't sold any. I've gone from mod to alpha team to alpha team lead to partnerships and and now uh, development lead role which i just focus on product and partnership integrations uh for dust and and the ecosystem um but that took a long time it's been almost a year so uh nothing comes fast in this space just be patient uh keep doing what you're doing um stoked to see everyone who's been accepted excited to accept some more people and read everyone's scholarships um but yeah i appreciate you guys having me up here sorry sorry again for being late uh, yeah, no need to apologize, man. You're all good. Appreciate you coming up here. Um, yeah, we've, we've been talking uh, quite a lot about youths here. Um, and as, as much as I love to hear the sound of my own voice, I, I got DMs from a couple of people that have genuine questions. Uh, so I'm going to pass the mic over to them. Um, we've elimin eliminated the, the, the screaming weirdos. So uh, we've got, um, I'm going to first go to Boy King. I know you had an interesting question um, uh, for, for yeah, the youth hey, team. Up? Go for hey it, guys, man. Um 
Yeah, uh, thanks for, for letting us help with the question. Um, just want to know, like, uh, two questions, actually. Is there any, like, uh, talk about anything in the music space for the Utes uh, project? Uh, because that's what I'm, you know, love. And then also, like, if, if we sort of maybe applied for the wrong category, um, I've tried to go in and do the other category and stuff, but is there a way to, like, resubmit if we've maybe stuffed up our first application? Um, because, yeah, I've tried to do that, so, yeah if you can uh, maybe let us know because I want to change it. So uh, I think edits are supposed to be coming, um, but if not, so there's two other things that people have been doing. Number one, you can, you can apply under uh, a different wallet. Um, and then number two, I've seen uh, people who say, who will have like screenshotted their um, submission uh like screen from when they, you know, submitted their application and then they'll write like a thread um, on what they, you know, here's my abridged application. And uh, if you just tag like Utes, you list, you know, me top, you know, some of the other people on the team, like we see every single one of those, we read every single one of those. Um, and we like, we'll take that Twitter uh, thread, we'll add it to your, um, we'll add it to your application in the admin portal. And we'll make sure that everyone else who reviews um, your application also gets to see that. So um, there's a number of different ways you can go about it. Feel free to do any single one of those. We'll see all of them um, and we will pay attention to all of them. As far as the music side goes, um, if you could clarify more on, on what you mean, I'm, I, we've had a few musicians uh, get accepted into ULIS. I think some people in, in different bands and, and performers and singers and things like that. So um, I'm sure there will be stuff coming out. I'm sure we'd love to, you know, have more people repping a D God or Utes PFP, like, singing doing crazy shit you know getting millions of views on youtube yeah we'd love to enable that absolutely um is there any official plans right now i'm not sure um but you know we're always looking to do more so that's definitely something that's in line with what we'd like to do yeah awesome you just answered everything for us so yeah uh thanks guys and yeah cheers all right, nice one. Um, thank you for coming up and asking asking that question. Uh, we've got one more question uh, here uh, from Crypto Gamer. Um, go for it. What's your question for you, Steen? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, so actually, I had two questions, and one of them was the same as Boy King because I also think I applied to the wrong category. But I was actually going to make a thread uh, about because I, I think I want to do some subdao uh, gaming related, and I was planning to do like a long thread explaining how it would work. Uh, so that thanks for answering that, Jimmy. Um, the second question is uh, regarding the traits for the youth collection. Uh, I read in the white paper that it, basically, like you cannot create a new trait; it has to be the same category of trait. But my question is, for example, let's say I want to do a gaming-related trait uh, and change a hat to uh, a headset or, or something gaming-related. Is that possible? So I don't think you can uh, change the actual structure of the trait. So, for instance, you couldn't change, you know, the T-shirt on mine to Topps's, uh champ robe. But what you could do, you know, is throw the TSM logo on my. I actually have one of those old TSM season one uh, from League of Legends uh, T-shirts because I'm a huge fanboy. Uh, and Loco Doco, by the way, is in is you uh, list accepted. So. I'm stoked about that because I used to watch that guy on on stream for hours. Oh, but you could make, a, you know, a headset that said, you know, your favorite uh, streamer or, you know, gaming DAO or something like that. 
Um, but you can't, you, the only thing you can't do is edit the structure of the trade itself. So if I understand correctly, it has to be the same trade. You can just add something to it. You can't change the hat for a headset, but you can put something on the hat. Is that yep, what you're exactly. saying? You, yeah, you could completely change the look of the hat. It just has to be the same hat. So you couldn't change a dad hat to like a bucket hat, for example. But you could change everything about the dad hat from like the coloration to a logo um, or whatever you would want on top of the hat. Okay. Well, uh, and actually, oh, yeah, bad, man, to piggyback on that, uh, you can kind of think of it. I don't know if there's gamers here, uh, but you are. Um, if you look at like weapon skins, right? Like I, I played a lot of Counter Strike Go. Um, so if I have a butterfly knife, uh, think about it in that way, right? So if, if I have like a, a vanilla butterfly knife, uh, you can, if you have the Y token uh, or anything like that, or you hire an artist, etc. Uh, just think about it as reskinning that specific trait, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. It's this basically the same AK, but it's different skin, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, actually, about the white tokens, so you get one each month, if I understand correctly. And is there uh, a way, for example, so my thought was to create uh, gaming competitions in different games and have a pool prize. And the pool prize I was thinking would be the white token. So, is that a possibility? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could make it gated based on the trait that you had that would require the Y token to acquire that trait <laughs> is, I think, how that would work. Uh, if, if I'm not answering um, your question correctly, feel free to ask again. So my question is basically like, can, can for example, let's say I, I stake and I get one Y token and for my sub DAO, I want to create a game competition. Uh, can we like? Can I basically just put a pool, pool prize, uh, the white token, or a, a specific trade that that I create specifically for uh, this competition? So just like a, a trophy, basically, for the winner. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you could pretty much make a trade for anything you want. You would submit it, um, and then it would need to be approved. You could make like both a gaming DAO. Uh, trait and then you can make or like a com more like a common trait and then you can make uh, you know a super rare or a mythic one that's only available to people who won uh, your competitions and then they could use their Y token for that um, but but they would have to use you know the Y token for the first trait and then wait a month to use the second um, so you may come into kind of a supply crunch in terms of like that would be you know if someone used to uh, 33 percent of their total Y tokens available um, so I would just take that into consideration too. Okay, I understand. But I can also send like white token are tradable, right? You can you can gift or send someone one. Uh, that is a question that I don't know the answer to. Let me let me take a look and let me get back to you on that. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for for answering the questions. Um, all right, guys. Fantastic. We, we've had some great questions here from, for the youth team. Uh, and we've had some great answers from them also. Um, so yeah, I absolutely appreciate you guys for coming up here and sort of explaining everything, um, giving us a bit of a bit of an insight as to how the scholarships work, um, the acceptance uh, system, and all that good stuff. Um, very excited for, for your future, as I've said numerous times already. 
Um, and I look, I look forward to, I look forward to seeing it all unfold. Um, now we have spent, um, uh, understandably a long time uh, speaking with you guys, but uh, of course this is the morning meet show, and we have a few other projects that we would love to speak with here. And I just want to quickly thank you guys um, uh, for sticking around, um, uh, sticking around. And now we'll get a chance to speak with. I think um, I want to start with a uh, high rollers. Um, uh, how you doing, guys? Uh, thank, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for sticking around for as long as you have. These shows always go on for longer than we intend to, uh, but I don't think that's such a bad thing. Um, we always seem to have some uh, good quality on here. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. High rollers. Um, if you could give us a quick refresh as to what you are creating here um, or what you have created. I know that there have been some recent updates, um, some new stuff that you guys are working on. Um, looking at what well, your pin tweets, uh, you mentioned that you've been speaking with Frank and uh, you guys are potentially working together in some way. I was hoping you could maybe like speak on that. And uh, yeah, tell us everything that you're doing. Yeah, so, um, you know, just to, to kind of level set here, there's a lot of games that are currently in development. Um, you know, I think what we're looking to build here is actually, you know, I'll say multiplayer games, PvP games, for example, Texas Hold'em. Uh, I did have a call with Frank a while back. He's, uh, it's like, um, you know, striking lightning trying to get a call with him, but sometimes it's good, though, because we catch up, you know, every couple months, but Long story short, you know, I think a lot of a lot of these communities are looking for ways to engage and cross pollinate as we do with the Morning Mint show here. You know, I think it's really about, you know, helping build uh, across the, the communities and make sure that there's a platform that can provide that entertainment. And that's what we're looking to do is become the number one entertainment platform in Web3, not just Solana. It could be any chain, uh, but we're starting with Solana and making sure everything's bulletproof before scaling to other chains. So I think the first thing, you know, first is basically we're looking to develop games on top of our platform. As you can see, you go to casino.hrhc.io. We have five, you know, mobile compatible games. They're all scalable to our white label partners. We're able to upload assets and, you know, basically use a central bank, all of the SPL tokens, and make sure that everything is, you know, streamlined across communities and across, uh, you know, platforms, whether that be somebody else's website or that be a metaverse casino that we're looking to integrate with, i.e. Yaku, where you'll actually be able to go in and run around as a 3D model or a character, whatever community you come from, and enter our building. It'll be about a, a mile tall, right across the street from Monkey Dow and, and Stoned Ape Crew. But we're really looking to build out that end-to-end, -end, you know, fully mobile experience. And, uh, you know, I think where I see this space headed is a lot more than just, you know, gambling and games. It's more about building out arcades or, you know, other entertainment, whether it's play to earn, right? Um, you know, I think one of the things that I'm really jealous of is Utes and just the community they've built in general. They actually have taken the community building uh, to a whole nother level in terms of innovation, right? Developing this demand through application process and understanding how, you know, that type of uh, engagement will increase the value of the overall ecosystem, we're trying to do something very similar where we bring in other developers, artists, creators. You know, we actually, James Johnson, who's actually on the Utes list, ironically, is helping us do our PFP upgrade where we're looking to do a, you know, go flip back to rev share model in a legally compliant way for our holders 
and make sure that they're able to collect, you know, a portion of the casino once we actually scale up to 200 sold profit a day. Um, so that's all in the works. It's about adding white label partners. It's about adding communities, integrating tokens, you know, integrating into the metaverse in general. Uh, I think that's something that's more of a three to five year strategic plan for us because the, the usability is not there. It's not user friendly yet. But uh, collectively building out that ecosystem around entertainment and gaming is, is our overall goal and objective here, as well as being a trusted and, and respected community. So, you know, I, I'll just say that. But uh, yeah, future games, Reels of Change, it's like a jumping Squid Games uh, game where you actually jump from one platform to another built in Unity. Um, you know, second is, is this Minds game. It's going to be a degenerate fun game where we can actually customize those logos or assets as well. Uh, and then spin the wheel where you basically will have a shot at, you know, spinning the wheel. It's similar to a, uh, a lottery ticket almost. But I think there's a lot of other integrations that we're looking to add and usability and features is key. Right. You want to make sure it's easy to use for all community. Um, uh, I would also say that the one challenge that we're having, too, is the onboarding process. Right. Of people understanding Solana and understanding how to use the Phantom mobile app. And understanding what you know the the rules and regulations are right it's uh more about making sure that everybody is aligned on the approach to what we're doing uh, we're actually talking with a few venture capitalists as well as you know uh i'll just say online gaming partners that have several hundred million dollars in revenue and bringing web3 and you know overall crypto and making this interaction compliant and legally uh you know I'll just say legally regulated is a challenge, but we want to make sure we do it in a slow and steady way as opposed to moving at a breakneck speed. So there's a lot of, you know, uh, actually, you know, we've been talking with lawyers. We've been talking about, you know, some of the licensing and KYC and geotagging and all of those things uh, that'll come into play. But it's really about making sure this is a global, uh, fully regulated platform eventually and ensuring that everybody has easy to use, um, you know, an easy to use framework, right? Because it's never that easy. It's not just white and black. There's a lot of gray area here. Um, a lot to talk about there, a lot to um, digest. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the issue of onboarding. because I, th I think that's probably one of the, the biggest uh, problems that we need to solve as a, as, as a community, as a whole, you know? Um, just quick, very quick background. Um, I started this uh, with crypto in, in early 2017. I first got into Ethereum because... Uh, recognized that there was a lot more that you could do with that um, as opposed to Bitcoin. Um, and then eventually moved up to Solana once uh, w once I realized that uh, the team over here is hyper-focused uh, on user experience. And I think that's key when it comes to mass adoption. Um, I, I, I don't think many can disagree with that. Um, and obviously, the, what, one of the biggest issues uh, that you, know, you guys are facing right now is, um, is onboarding. So... Ideally, we want to get to that stage, right? I have this image in my head where everyone is using, uh, or, or a lot of most of the world is using NFTs and crypto without really realizing it. So it's sort of in the background that they don't have to actively think about the fact that they're using, um, or they're in like the crypto space. Now, you guys, do, do you have like any ideas or like any solutions for that problem specifically um, for your platform? Do you think how, how can you make that user journey easier? 
You know, it's it's interesting because we have this discussion all the time with our community, right? We just had, you know, a couple of Discord chats. We've also done spaces. And realistically, it's really about how do we find synergy between all of the mobile, you know, platforms or applications that are currently being used? You know, how do we actually ensure that there's a stable platform and there's no bugs, uh, whether it be mobile or whether it be just desktop, right? And, you know, how do we apply that into the Web2 world is a challenge because that always requires innovation. That always requires risk when you're entering an area that hasn't been developed before. But we actually look by running multiple, you know, we've run, you know, millions of simulations on our games to understand, okay, what would happen if we did this? You know, what are the odds? What are the, you know, all of these RNG certifications that we're looking at? Uh, random number um, generation, basically. Uh, so understanding, okay, how does everybody come together with all of these different wallets that they're connecting with, all of these different phones, devices, um, you know, I think even moon roving's like, hey, if you're not on a uh, mobile phone here, it's not going to work as well, right? So that's even with Twitter spaces, and they're a global multi-billion dollar platform that still hasn't figured out, you know, the, the best user-friendly way to, to communicate and collaborate. So what we're trying to do is integrate things such as Discord chat into our live site, integrate in live streaming, um, connecting all of these capabilities together while using a mobile application becomes very difficult, but it's key for us to make sure there's a standard template and framework that we're using for all of our development practices, right? You know, you, you don't just go from one thing into production, you actually have to go through a test phase, then you have to go into dev, Right. Make sure that everybody has, you know, we have several dozen people that actually tested these games before we even push them live and following a real software development pro process is key, but also aligning that across multiple different uh, facets or parts of our organization, whether it be finance, legal, you know, all of these different um, teams is to is key, making sure that everything that we're doing is compliant. And, you know, I think right now it's it's uh, difficult to say this, but you got to pick whether it's um, stability and security versus user experience, you know, balancing the two plus, uh, you know, the overall traffic and volume that we're seeing is is very difficult, right? Especially when we're moving at this pace. I don't think a lot of people uh, soon will be able to keep up with our development of games uh, because we're actually, we have a stable infra infrastructure and platform that supports the scalability moving forward. I got you. And no, it's it's good to hear that you guys are actually thinking about these these specific issues and are trying to tackle them um, in your own way. Um, I want to I want to talk about your your games and your integration with other uh, projects like Yaku, for example, a little bit here. So your collection currently um, is um, what's what's the collection size? If you could just remind me, it's um, the uh, four two or four three two one. Um, okay. Gen 1 that it minted on December 29th, 2021. Okay, I got you. And you guys have, um, as Magic Eden shows here, you guys have around uh, 1,200 unique users. So obviously um, your holders like it enough to, most of them have picked up more than one, uh, which is it's, it's a good sign in my opinion. Um, now, for those that may be unaware, what are some of the holder benefits? Uh, I know that it's in your white paper, and uh, but you know, people don't really do their research and, and look at that, but you, you should look at that if you're in here. Check out the white paper, guys, always. But if you could quickly just remind us, what are some of the holder benefits of uh, earning the NFT? 
So previously we were actually fully rev share. So we did a 75% rev share split to holders plus 25% to the Dow. Um, I think what we're actually looking to accomplish here is, you know, first off, you can stake and obviously earn our utility token, which is roll, which can be used in, in the casino. I think second is we're looking at upgrading the PFP art. Um, one of the reasons why people, you know, such as D-Gods going to Dead Gods was very successful is because you brought in a really killer artist, right? So we're bringing in James Johnson, who, you know, has 45 years experience with art. He's also a Utes member uh, now. He just was granted that. So I think one of the things that we're really trying to look for is, you know, utility and then also people valuing the art and making sure that it resonates with them. That's the second to me, uh, second most important. Third, we're looking at going back to the, the rev share model with a, a affiliate marketing based approach. So, you know, as you look at how the revenue revenue share is distributed, I'd like to actually build out a platform similar to Ghost Kid Dow, who's one of our partners where we can actually, you know, raid tweets, uh, you know, create engagement both in, in Twitter or on Discord. And that way there's more of a compliant way of distributing that revenue share back to most likely those PFPs that are upgraded. Um, and that way it's kind of like a gamified approach to distributing casino revenue in a uh, compliant way. Because if you're able to rock the PFP or show signs of marketing, it's almost similar to that, you know, I'll say Teo approach with their revenue share back to holders, uh, you know, making sure they tag or market or whatever the case may be, uh, shows some type of compliance. So it's almost having those checks and balances in place. Uh, you know, I think also going back to the my fourth point is really access to the games that we have built in the future, right? So let's just say, for, for example, we actually build out the poker platform where you can use your, your PFP or NFT as a representation of who you are you know maybe we limit that access to d gods and utes holders first and then you know also hippos obviously but you'll require some type of nft to be able to access the platform and also be able to upload you know i'll say interact and engage in the metaverse with yaku um if we're if we have a casino uh maybe we can grant access to certain users to certain floors right getting creative with those limited things for texas hold'em you know, in 3D, I think that would be sick, right? If you're actually sitting across from all of your communities or friends, you know, uh, and rocking a D-God, you know, PFP or rocking a Hippo or even have that 3D model that you're playing under, it would be really realistic. And I think eventually, you know, I'm not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like eventually VR and other things will take effect, right? I think that's like a five to 10 year thing where it's actually a realistic build out, you know, um, you know, infrastructure that uses, you know, the VR capabilities and you're able to make it a little bit more real world um, centric. I think that's something that is very much, uh, we're just at the tip of the iceberg there. I think, you know, putting, combining the ecosystem of tokens with gaming, with receiving play to earn essentially, or revenue share or whatever the case may be, combining all those things to, together and connecting them to the real world is going to be key to our su uh, success in terms of engagement. Okay. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that um, you said you guys had a, like a revenue sh um, share system previously, and it seems like you're changing that now. Um, I was going to ask you about that, but you, you've answered all my questions um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, uh, is it so the, the, the revenue system, uh, revenue sharing system that you mentioned, are, are you going to be employing some of the tools like community to do that or, um, 
or how, how do you think you'll be handling that exactly? Yeah, it's like, this is, an, you know, it's funny we talk about this because this is another one that's a gray area, right? Um, one of the reasons we actually went away from RevShare is like we, you know, obviously there was compliance things that came up with that distributing back to holders on a daily basis, right? You can't just airdrop somebody 0.05 sole per day for doing nothing. Uh, in theory, that's a, you know, uh, I'll say a security or, or it's not a dividend that should be paid out in that manner. But uh, long story short, I think what we're trying to do is, okay, if, you know, certain members of the DAO or certain members of our community are contributing in certain ways uh, from a marketing perspective or, you know, through the upgrade and other things, you know, it's not going to be like, okay, everybody needs to contribute, but I'd rather have a community that looks to build and help us grow versus a community that just wants to hold. But everybody has a different perspective. Uh, everybody has a different goal, right? Some people are here to trade and flip, which is okay. Others are here to contribute and build that, you know, build out their network and ensure that they're actually here for the long haul in terms of what they'd like to um, provide back to Web3 and help the development grow. So we're looking for contributors. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's any specific requirement. It's almost similar to Utes. We'll take any form of builder, any form of influencer, any anyone that just wants to come in and, you know, have a good time while doing it. It's uh, really about, you know, partnering with one another and, and showing that we're here to uh, build together and we're all going to make it, right? Um, wh where are you guys registered? So, in right, country? we're in discussions with the VC, uh, basically, about which would make most sense. Like Soul Casino, for example, they're in Curacao. They have a gaming license there. Uh, however, you know, uh, there's certain things that you need to follow for certain, you know, gaming licenses, uh, whether you go through the RNG certification or geotagging or KYC, it varies. And I think that's one of the things right now in terms of our LLC and everything else that we're discussing is really what, what is the best location, what's most scalable, uh, and ultimately what, what is our strategy moving forward, right? I talked with another uh, platform. I'm not going to go into it too far, but we are looking at um, first off a sports book, uh, second off um, daily fantasy lineups. You know, I think when discussing with their president and CEO, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm familiar with this. I work for two public companies myself. And, you know, I'm familiar with what you guys need in terms of regulation. Like if you go to the US, you need $2 million basically per license per state. So, and that process takes about two years. Um, if you're doing games of chance. So that's something that, you know, games of skill, actually, ironically, daily fantasy lineups are games of skill. I don't know how, but uh, they they follow a different licensing scheme and it's actually a lot cheaper to participate in that. So we're looking at what makes sense. Uh, sorry to not answer your question. We're not we're not registered in Curacao either. That's something that's up for discussion right now about where we're going to register and where we're going to scale going forward. Um, because that's uh, something that we have to um, take into consideration when which games are we playing, which, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll say not only games, but also licensed platforms are we looking to white label or build out ourselves. So and where does it apply from a geographic perspective? OK, I got you. I got you. Um, when it when it comes to RevShare, there are obviously a few different things that you can do. It's It's something that we we often talk about on the show and it's something that uh, i've actually had um a lot of discussions with um uh with, with lawyers uh here in the uk where i'm based that's why i asked where you guys were um registered um because i yeah i just want obviously different laws uh depending on where you are um i'd love to i'd, like, I'd actually love to talk in in dms a little bit and may, there may be a like, potential 
potential solutions or suggestions on my end um, uh, that I'd love to share with you when it comes to uh, revenue share and how that can be handled. Um, this, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it, too. By the way, you know, everything that we do, we're looking for feedback. We're looking for recommendations. You know, if there's a, another community that's built out a platform that we don't have to build, like Ghost Kid Dow, we're discussing that Boonties platform where they raid to earn and all these other things. There's a lot yeah. of energy here, right? We don't need to go out and be the first mover and build everything ourselves. It's not as uh, easy to do, right? Or easy to scale. We want to bring in other tech, maybe working with youths and D gods with some of their tech. Maybe we pull that in as a synergy as well. Or Soul City Poker, for example. Maybe there's an opportunity for us to partner and build together. Uh, I think it's a lot more scalable when you can actually have those those connections and integrations uh, build out as a you know everybody has their own specific niche or or you know profession, and we want to keep it that way, right? We don't want to actually be builders of everything. We want to be builders of what we what we are uh, i'll say our strength is in the market good stuff um yeah youth team i hope you guys are taking notes um you know there, there are some important uh, issues that we'll hope to solve and um sounds like a lot of people are counting on uh youths um to be that solution or at least come up with one <laughs> um amazing um okay uh let's talk about um uh, just Let's talk about some of the games that you guys have available. You mentioned the, the five games that um, that you guys have created already and are, of course, working on many more um, for in, in the future. Um, you've also integrated with uh, Suites, uh, Yakuva, Savannah, Heavenlands, uh, and a few others, it sounds like. Um, are those integrations complete or are those ongoing? Um, or what stage are we at? Yeah, so, you know, I could go through, well, I'll say Savannah, we've actually already integrated with. You can actually go into their 2D metaverse, and we have a, a HRHC casino. It's actually really sick art. Uh, love building with that team and Tony, uh, plus Remy and everybody else that's on that squad. So, you know, from my perspective, though, like these, these integrations take time uh, to perfect, right? Uh, I think right now it's only easy to use on desktop, like we mentioned, but as we progress and, and scale out to these other platforms, you know, setting up an iframe that's compatible with all of the web friendly or, or I'll say mobile friendly user experience is key, right? That's the way that we've designed our games. Um, so making sure that we integrate in these metaverse partners, I think we're partnered with every single Solana metaverse project for the most part, with the exception of portals. Um, you know, that's a discussion that's ongoing. And how we actually look at achieving that is by going through and with a methodical manner, you know, figuring out what's the best way to do it and how do we maybe we switch to an arcade style, you know, um, uh, I'll say configuration. So it's actually taking less risk away from them or however they want to approach it. Right. Because they have a lot of partners involved. They have a lot of board advisors and all those things. But, you know, things like me, you know, thinking about how do we actually scale this into the metaverse, it's taking what we have building on it, just like we did with the white label platform, building a model that's actually scalable to other metaverses and integrates easily, uh, connecting, you know, both the desktop and mobile versions is key for the user. And I think without that, you know, people are going to come to it, they're going to look at it. And if we don't have a, you know, the set of games right now, we have those five games we mentioned, uh, coin flips one, uh, we have Plinko, which is another um, slots, uh, you know, roulette, and then also Crash. I think Crash is the most addicting game. Uh, but going back and making sure that we improve that user experience and make sure that customize, you know, 
solution is there for our, our B2B partners is key. Because if we don't have that scalability all the way through looking at a customer uh, being, you know, somebody that plays in the casino or maybe one of our partners that, you know, that um, have actually white labeled with us, it's making sure that everybody's perspective is taken care of and all of these, I'll say, uh, dev enhancements are being prioritized and considered. There's a lot of on our plate right now, but we're, we're hoping to have that prioritization down so that way we can scale for not just these five games, but another five, you know, every month. And then hopefully we can integrate other other things like Texas Hold'em and whatnot into our platform and make sure that, that everybody has the ability to connect and easily use that across metaverses. Um, so it is really an end to end life cycle. I know that's not an ideal answer, but we need to look at it from each step in that end to end life cycle and make sure that each one of those customers are being taken care of. No, I, I think I think that's a great answer. Actually, that's that's the per- perfect answer that you could have given. It sounds like you guys are uh, thinking about this very carefully, and you know, like you said, taking it um, you know, methodically. Um, that's the, the, that's sort of your approach, um, catering each. Um, uh, catering to each uh, metaverse out there and uh, just really quickly I want to give a shout out to Yakuverse because it seems like every time we do a show in the last few weeks uh, there seems to be a, at least one or two projects that are like oh yeah we've just integrated with Yakuverse so those guys are doing something um, something right over there uh, and I'm not shooting them because I have a bag because I don't have their bag just full disclosure uh, <laughs> um, but yeah um uh, what, what, what did I want to ask? Oh, yeah, you mentioned uh, your most addictive game. I just want to quickly talk about that. Was it Crash? I'm not familiar with it. Can you tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so essentially uh, Crash is a game where typically, you know, there'd be a rocket or something that's climbing and you start out with a balance, right? You can bet anywhere from 0.01 to one soul. And essentially it goes up as a multiplier, right? Um, this multiplier could go up to, you know, 250x, uh, you know, and you could get paid out at that amount. But the challenge is when do you actually cash out versus when do you hold on? So let's just say, you know, you know, somebody actually deposits 0.5 and plays it, you know, they would be able to get paid out up to, you know, X number of soul. I think right now we have it set it at 30 soul. So it's not just drained. We've actually had Google members and other people come in and just wipe our casino out, right? Take 200 soul um and wipe it out but i think overall that's probably the most addictive game because you can go in double x double up real quick or 10x or 30x right and i've seen some people that have actually gone in with like 0.05 and walk away with 30 soul and i'm like holy shit i guess it is possible but that's one of those games where we've actually run millions of uh, stim um, simulations and it's actually something that's part of that random.org api integration so um, one of those things that we also want to go back with compliance and whatnot I know sites like Rubet and other platforms have it, but uh, making sure that it's actually a compliant game and, and making sure that it's a fun, easy to use experience with Discord integration and live chat and all of these things is really key for people staying on and staying engaged on our platform. So um, always, always thinking about our holders, always thinking about the customers or or degen gamblers that come to our platform and making sure that they're top of mind, right? But I think similar to what Frank does, uh, with the gods and youths, our holders always come first. We always listen to what they have to say. We want to make sure that our community is taken care of. Everything else falls into place because they give us the recommendations typically to improve our platform or improve the user experience overall. Amazing. Okay. No, thank you for the answer there. Um, 
Guys, uh, we are getting uh, closer to the end of the show here. We've been going on for nearly two hours. Appreciate you all um, sticking around and listening. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here, and I just want to quickly remind you guys, um, if you're on the panel, let's let's all uh, follow each other and uh, spread some love. Um, and um, But before before we go to the uh, towards the end of the show, um, High Rollers, um, is there anything that you'd like to talk about um, about your projects or your future plans, whatever it may be that we haven't touched on here? Um, uh, yeah, Mike's over to you. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm really trying to do is figure out how do we connect more into the sports arena in general. Um, as you see, like, you know, exchanges and other people are getting involved with, you know, the marketing uh, you know, basically looking at like, you know, FTX with the Miami deal and things like that. How do we actually integrate into that? You know, whether it's online or in real life gaming um, and, and sports, I think it's key for us to really grow. Um, and, you know, I think the scalability there, once again, goes back to the sports uh, bet platform or whatever we choose to do with the, you know, hopefully with NFL season coming up, we can do something quick. Uh, you know, I think it's really about how do we create that excitement and engagement around things that are, uh, you know, that people really talk about. Right. Um, to me, as a football fanatic, you know, I love, you know, doing these type of things. And I love the football you know, or soccer. What, which one do you mean? Uh, NFL football for me, but soccer. OK. Soccer also um, you know, applies there because I think there's a huge, huge marketing community for that. Right. Especially in Web3 and connecting that. So. To me, I feel like that's the biggest opportunity, uh, $50 billion a year in online gambling and gaming. And, you know, I think that's something that we are yet to tap, right? You know, our everybody's market cap and the valuations and all these things, you got to factor in what size and where we, we are in terms of the crypto life cycle here. We are still way fucking early. I've been around since 2015, 2016, like you. There's, there's so much more uh, opportunity here to be tapped that we're not even thinking of yet. You know, I think like I hate to go back to Frank again, but, you know, I'll go on that soapbox again, you know, buying a big three or buying into a big three uh, basketball team, things like that is is really exciting. Right. He's trying to connect the community and the brand with sports, uh, get their their community excited about it and really bring the attention there to the national scale. That's key to us is connecting those. I won't call them normally normies, but, you know, connecting that market into a, a new world. Uh, and experiencing, you know, this uh, real time, you know, gambling or gaming online and connecting that with metaverse, virtual reality, or even just real real life events is key in, in order for something to thrive. I'm, I'm happy to hear you mention sports and your desire to sort of move into that, uh, to the side of things, because like, from a personal, um, personally, I mentioned earlier on this show, actually, that I got my start uh, with NFTs on Sawara.com, you know, like the, it's like a, a football or soccer trade, a card trading um, uh, platform. Uh, I don't, I don't do it as much anymore, but that was like my initial start. And then uh, th that like opened me up to NFTs, even though I had been in crypto for such a long time. Uh, that's what drew me in. So yeah, it's a huge, huge market to tap into. And I think uh, it makes complete sense. I mean, it, now that you say it, uh, it would be silly not to tap into that. Um, uh, yeah, cons considering what you guys are trying to create here. So yeah, very exciting stuff. 
Yeah, the only other thing I'll say, too, is like you think about the esports market, right, and how much interaction there is on Twitch and all these other live stream and, and everything else, you know, that everybody's already electronically glued to their their monitors. Right. You have you pull in that market where there's people betting on on, you know, CSGO, uh, you know, League of Legends, all this other shit. Right. It's a huge market that still hasn't even grown itself and it hasn't matured. But uh, anyways, I do want to thank you you know, Tolstoy and, and also uh, Moon Roving for hosting. I think this was a great spaces. I'm getting a lot of great feedback from our Discord and Twitter and everything. People are really excited about this show. So I really appreciate you guys hosting today as well. Oh, no, mate, I've, I've, pleasure is all ours, honestly. We've, we've been doing this show for like since October now. Um, as Moon mentioned earlier, I used to join in from my um, my other account, Cooper Cryptos, uh, the platform that we developed. But to start to sort of, separate those two so i'm here on my personal now in the last few weeks and that's all we carried on but yeah uh this show would be nothing uh without the the wonderful guests that we have on here and of course our listeners appreciate you guys all so very much and we are getting towards the end of the show here and i have to remind you guys that the show is presented uh by uh rifts uh rift series uh they are an mmerpg that's a mouthful a mass multiplayer event role-playing game uh though i'm not going to talk too much about that uh we have a few pinned tweets up top so i encourage you to do your own research and check those guys out um thank you uh obviously a big thanks to them for sponsoring the show it's always much appreciated um and before we end the show we'd like to do a quick uh rundown of uh, uh get a quick rundown from each project um and unfortunately, a, few, a couple of others had to step away because it's, it's been a bit of a longer show today. But that's okay. We'll have them back on um, in uh, hopefully next week or the week after. Um, so make sure to follow Moon Roaming and myself to stay up to date on that. Um, but uh, what, we'll, what we'll do here is, um, since we're speaking with you, um, Hi Roller, uh, what I'll do is I'll pass the mic over to you once more. Uh, if you can give us a quick, let's say, 60 seconds, uh, 60 second rundown of, of what you guys are about. Um, and then we'll do the same with Utes, with the Utes team, and we'll close out the show. Yeah, you know, I think uh, long story short, we're looking to build the number one en entertainment platform in Web3, starting with Solana. Uh, we can navigate, you know, all of our games are mo mobile friendly at casino.hrhc.io. We're scaling to white label partners. We're building in the metaverse. We're looking for how do we connect this to the real world. And uh, we want to be partnered with all of the top builders in Solana. It doesn't matter what you do, but we're here for the long haul and we're, we're going to be uh, fighting the whole way through this bear market. So appreciate you guys having us here. Of course, like I said, our pleasure. Thank you for coming up. Um, and I'll pass the mic over to uh, one of the youth members, Jimmy or Top. Um, up to you guys. Um, if you can tell us, man, I mean, I, I don't know who doesn't know about youth at this point, but maybe you can give us a quick refresher and uh, highlights. Sure, sure. Uh, first, I just want to say uh, super bullish on, on High Roller Hippo Click after just hearing everything. Uh, that he just said all the right things, uh, white labeling partners, uh, bringing in the right people, optimizing for long term versus, you know, quick gains. Uh, super. I don't, uh, you know, a lot of these spaces have gone youth centric, so I don't always get the opportunity to hear from other amazing founders. Um, so I was just super happy to be able to listen in on that um, and glad you and, and Tolstoy, you and Moon Roving uh, give all give people the opportunity like this. Um, as far as youths goes. It's the second collection uh, brought to you by D-Gods. 
uh, minting on September 2nd. Um, 15,000 NFTs, 9,500 go to D God, Dead God holders. You have to have a Dead God to to mint if you're a D God holder. Um, otherwise, there are 3,000 going to scholarships. Uh, 1,500 spots went to a DAO pool. For anyone who has a, is in the DAO pool and has spots, you need to uh, submit your wallets. Your project needs to submit your wallets uh, by Saturday. We'll have a more formal announcement about that, but we have contacted every single DAO that was approved and has spots available to them. Uh, so hopefully everyone's aware, but that's just a quick reminder as well. Um, and then, yeah, no, we're really excited to roll it out. There's a lot, a lot to accomplish over the next you know, few days leading up to the Mint, but we're really excited about it. Uh, we hope it lives lives up to the expectations when we're just really excited to um, you know bring more people into the DGODS ecosystem. And yeah, again, sorry for being late, but I uh, always appreciate the time to get to talk to you guys here. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank, thank you for coming up. Um, it's been a pleasure listening to you and uh, it's Hopin, of course, um, High Roll as well. Um, some great discussions here today. Um, it's been it's been fantastic. Um, as always, this is the Morning Mint Show. Um, we do the show twice a week. Um, I've been doing it for months now and we'll carry on for uh, as long as you guys find value. Um, uh, with, uh, and with that, I think, I think we can close out the show here. Um, once again, thank you for coming up and listening. Uh, if you like any of the projects that came on here today, please make sure to check out their Twitter, their discord, their websites, do your own research. This, um, everything that we say on here is just our opinion and nothing more. Um, and uh yeah <laughs> that's that's as much as i can say and just stay safe out there guys use burner wallets and all that good stuff um enjoy your weekends and good luck with everything that you're uh, working on take care all thanks everybody later